Hey, and welcome to the Fitness Business Blueprint Podcast with your host, Justin Devonshire, and we're back from a one-year hiatus. That's right, I took the whole of 2022 off of making content, off of making podcasts, because we were quite busy scaling up our own fitness business, the Transform Hub, with my partner, James Calderbank. And 2022 was a massive year for us. We scaled from 10 to 20 locations. And this year, 2023, we're on pace to double that again. So basically, since then, I've decided to get back in the fold to uh, share some of the great lessons from last year. We've been through a lot of growth, business growth, personal growth ourselves, a lot of lessons learned. And I wanted to just give back and start sharing with you guys again, because this is information from a 30,000 foot view perspective that I wish I had had when I was starting out and doing this. It would have saved me so much time, effort, energy, and uncertainty. And that's what I hope to bring back to you. So if you love the podcast, if you get any value from this whatsoever, please consider subscribing on iTunes, leave a review. I don't ask for any money for this. It's completely free. Helping spread the word allows me to keep doing this. So in this episode, I want to talk through a model that has been game changer for us. Without this model, we would have no certainty. We wouldn't know how to grow the business. We wouldn't know what to do next. And it's what I call the four phases of scaling to a five million pounds or dollar per year fitness business. There are four phases. So currently at the Transform Hub, we are in phase four. We're, go- we're in the middle of phase four, scaling between 1.5 to 5 million right now in gross revenue. And now I look back from my journey as I started off as, as, a, as a freelance personal trainer. I worked at a gym. Then I started my own outdoor boot camp and then got a studio and, and, and grew the studio and then, and then grew and grew from there. I've been through all the phases and now I can look back. I can see the exact distinguishable phases and I can also point out, and I see this in, in the hundreds of fit pros that I mentor to this day, I identify, the first thing we do is identify which phase they're in because that tells me And when you know what phase you're in by listening to this, you're going to know where you are in the kind of evolution and what's going to come next. You're also going to know, I'm going to share with you what are the biggest threats or mistakes at each phase that keeps gym owners stuck there. And also I'm going to let you know what are the biggest things you should focus on? What are your priorities in each phase so you can master it and get to the next phase? And this is extremely helpful because right now you are where you are in your business whether you're renting space or you've got one gym or you've got 19 gyms, whatever it might be. And you're so busy reacting and dealing with the problems you have in front of you right now that you can't see, you maybe can't even imagine or anticipate the threats that are coming to you down the road. So now that I've been through that whole process, I can share with you uh, more clarity on what you're dealing with now and how to solve it, but also what problems and challenges are going to be coming at you down the road. So with this perspective, you can see the whole road and you're more smoothly, I hope, going to go through it. So phase number one, this is what I call the solopreneur phase. This is when you're making less than 25000 a month in revenue and there's pr- pretty much only one employee. The company is basically you. We've all been there, right? So you could have one studio, maybe one gym, you're a lone gym owner, but you run everything in there. Or perhaps you're still a PT, renting a gym floor, working out of a big box gym, whatever it might be. Maybe you're an online coach, but the business is essentially you. If you don't work, there's no revenue. There is no business. 
So what I've seen, the biggest threat that keeps FitPros, gym owners especially, stuck in this phase is undercharging. And that happens for many reasons. But undercharging is the biggest problem because I would say most of the fit pros, the gym owners that I work with, when they come to me for mentoring, they're already making low six figures. They're doing they're doing maybe 5K a month, 10K a month, 20K a month or so, and they've hit a ceiling. And maybe they've got a couple of employees. They're in basic, they're in phase two. But they come to me because of a problem that started in phase one. And this is where I educate them and show them where they've misstepped. So what happens is if you build too many clients in your gym or studio, but you've undercharged from the beginning, and we all have those clients that pay less, we know, the OGs, the problem with that is it looks like you're growing because more people come in because you've got low prices, but you hit a ceiling because eventually your costs will increase as more members come on. You have to hire more coaches. You have to pay for more tech and infrastructure. You might have to expand your facility. You have to pay more tax if you pass the, the VAT threshold in the UK. So your costs go up, and that's, that's something that trainers don't anticipate in the beginning. They think, well, it's only me doing it. I've got no overheads. Maybe they run an outdoor boot camp, or there's just one facility and no employees. So they think, well, I haven't got many costs, so I don't need to charge much to the customer. If I just get 100 members paying me 60 quid a month each, I'm loaded, right? And, and, that, and that's great, and you get those 60 members, but then you realize your life is a living hell because you're working 90 hours a week, and you haven't got the money to outsource the help to help you with these 100 members because they weren't charging enough. And then you pass the VAT threshold in the UK or you have GST tax in, in Canada and suddenly now a chunk of that money is gone. So you're getting less than 60 pounds or dollars per customer. So undercharging is the biggest thing that will keep you, you, you at best you'll get stuck in phase two, but you might even have to eventually retract back to phase one because your, your, your business has revenue, but it has no profit. And without profit, you cannot invest in scaling. You can't buy, you can't get more staff. You can't invest in scaling. And without profit, if there's a bad month or a bad financial period, such as 2022, as many gym owners found out, you've got no cash reserves. And then you have to descale or abandon the gym completely, which is what happened to a, a load of gym owners. So you're going to have phase two problems if you don't solve this phase one mistake. And this is what I'm talking about, the understanding the, the bigger picture, picture perspective, which it is impossible to figure out on your own. But because I'm able to give back and look back on this, I hope this really helps you. So what I would focus on in phase one, in order to be able to charge premium prices from the get-go, that's what you need to do. And this is the obstacle for many fit pros. They tell me, I'm new to the area. There's so many other boot camps around. So I don't think I could charge the same as they do or... I'm not getting as many leads, so I want to do a lower price to ensure I get the sale and get some money. Or they say, I'm just not that experienced. I haven't been a trainer for long, so I don't think I can charge the same premium prices. Whatever the problem is, you have to be able to charge premium prices for a, from a business perspective. And what I would say then, your biggest focus is, to, in order to do that, is number one, you have to dial in on a niche avatar. You have to focus on serving and specializing in one form of client. Don't try and do a co-gender gym. Don't try and be all things for all people. Narrow down your niche. Work with you know 35-year-old plus women or 30 plus men or athletes or whatever you think there's a good market for. Because when you specialize, 
even though your workouts are generally the same, when you specialize, you have a higher perceived value to that audience. So for example, if I run a boot camp, outdoor, indoor, doesn't matter. If I run a boot camp and I, I, I offer a program and it's for everyone. So I say it's a 28 day weight loss program. I can charge $99 for that. But if I did the same exact program, but I branded it around an audience and I said, this is a 28 day drop a dress size bikini body program for busy mums. Now I can charge $150 for that without price resistance for the same set of squats and press ups, the same meal plans, but it's highly specialized. So number one, that is going to allow you to dominate that audience. It'll bring clients in faster and it'll allow you to really master your craft validate your service, get results for those people. That's what you want to focus on, getting results, get testimonials, get known for being the problem solver for that market in your area. And when you do that, you will find that charging premium prices is not an obstacle whatsoever. Okay, that's what you need to focus on in phase one. So if you do that right, you're a gym owner then, you do that right, or you, you put your prices up in the beginning, or you put them up just in time, or whatever happened, you eventually get to phase number two. Phase two is what we call scale foundations. So phase number two, this is where you're making between 25 to 50K a month. And your gym location, you'll either have maybe one large location or maybe two smaller locations, making 10 to 30,000 a month each. And at this point, you'll probably have some basic employees. You might have one or two trainers. You might have an admin person or sales staff. You've probably outsourced your Facebook ads. So you've got maybe one or two team members, one or two freelancers. You've probably put like a bit of tech in place now. You've got a CRM like MindBody or Go Team Up, something like that to kind of manage because you've probably got well over 100 members or clients at this point. And so what you'll start to realize here is this is when your operating costs start to go up because all of a sudden you're, work, you're hiring trainers, you're hiring an ads manager, you're spending more on ads because you can do bigger intakes because you've got more trainers. So now you start taking 50 clients on a month instead of just 20. You pay for the tech CRMs, your tax bracket tends to go up. So you start to see now that you're, you're making good revenue uh, like I said, 25 to 50K a month, but your profit margins are declining slowly. And that's okay. That's normal. A lot of fit pros freak out over this, but it's, it's totally fine. When you're in phase one, the majority of profit is what you take for yourself as your basic take-home salary. As you grow a company bigger and bigger, profit margins naturally get smaller, but you make more money in volume at scale. So, it, you know, 3% profit margin might sound bad, but that's what Amazon works on but they get 3% profit out of, you know, 60 billion or whatever they make. I don't, that's a made up number. So don't worry about profits going down. That's generally going to happen. But the mistakes at this point or the challenges, the roadblocks, if you've sorted the, if you haven't undercharged already, if, if that's okay, then the next stumbling block that keeps gym owners stuck in phase two is poor finance management and lack of systems and structure. So you've dialed in the first three areas. And this is where I got to when I opened my first studio back in oh, a long time ago, 2011, 2012, I think it was 2000, 2012 or 2013, around that time. I had, you know, cracked Facebook ads. I'd cracked the sales system. I'd been run, I was running six week challenges and I'd 
and, and this was a long time ago, so Facebook ads were ridiculously cheap. I could buy leads for like a dollar and or less than that. And I was pumping. I'd mastered marketing, sales, and client fulfillment. So I was marketing all day, getting leads, closing those leads, and um, serving the clients. Now, I didn't take on staff exactly. I actually partnered. I brought another trainer in as a business partner, which was a not the best idea looking back, but it worked for us at the time. And so there were two of us, essentially. And what happened, though, then we were killing it on those levels, but then we ran into a massive roadblock in phase two because I didn't know anything about systems, structure, or finance management because I was told, like many of you were told, that running a business is just leads, you know, it's just marketing, sales, and fulfillment, and it's not. Being a solopreneur is marketing, sales, fulfillment. Running a business is a lot more than that. It's, it's systems and finance and operations as well. So I hit a stumbling block. I filled that studio. We were doing about 8K a month. So it was like low six figures, but that was because that was pretty much our capacity at the time. And we had a choice to make, me and my partner. We were like, well, we can either figure out what to do next. We have to expand to a bigger location, systemize everything in a bit more depth and start outsourcing and bringing other staff in to keep scaling this. Or we can just pause our adverts and run with the clients that we have. And of course, me not being so educated back then, I picked option number two, the lazy way. I look back now and see that was the lazy way. I could have grown, developed, learned new skills, take bigger risks, but I didn't. My mindset wasn't ready for that. So I just wanted to, I was just happy and content making 8K a month between the two of us. So we were picking like a nice, nice, good take-home salary. And we paused the adverts. And then of course, momentum stalled and clients left. We had to just run the ads again, replenish new clients. And it was a hamster wheel. So if I had known back then how to do system structure, finance management, you know, team building, all the things I know now, I would have been able to run into phase three. So that's where I got stuck um, about 10 years ago or so. So if you're in that position right now, you've hit that roadblock and you're, you've just got lack of systems, lack of structure, lack of operations and finance. If you don't understand, truly detail, understand your finances, you will not get to the next level. I'm telling you, you cannot get to the next level if you don't understand your finances. So at this point, start turning all your tasks into systems. You need to start making checklists, templates, primarily your coaching tasks and your ad basic admin tasks because you want to focus on marketing and sales at this point and some coaching. So start outsourcing some assistant coaching roles that you can bring some helping coaching staff in and maybe look to get a basic admin person who can work maybe 10 hours a week and take care of some basic client retention, admin, tech stuff. You also want to make sure you have a bookkeeper at this point. That could also be the admin person if they're qualified. And you just want to get start getting your finances in order. Start tracking what am I spending each month? What am I making each month? And get to know your expenses. Start looking at the different cost centers of your business, meaning where are the different brackets of where the money is going out? How much is going out on payroll and salary? How much is going out on operating expenses or OPEX? How much is going out on taxes? And see what the budgets are and try and keep to those budgets. So you need to be making profit at this point and you need to start systemizing everything. And then you start moving into more team leadership skills. If you do this, you move to phase three, which is what I call pre-scale. 
So you're just getting ready to scale. This is where a lot of gym owners make a mistake. The very small fraction of gym owners who get to phase three, they think they're ready to scale. They think I've got one location or two locations maybe. We're doing, you know, we're doing 50K a month and everything's systemized. I can blow this to the moon or I can franchise or whatever. And it seems like a good idea, but you're not ready yet. I'm going to explain why in phase three. So at phase three, you're probably doing between half a million to one million a year. And at this point, you need to start looking at your finances more annually rather than monthly. But monthly, that's around about 50K a month to about 80K a month. So it's doing, you're doing very well here. You've probably gone out and bought a nice car for yourself that you can't really afford. Put, you probably start to splash out a little bit and put some stress on the business and dip into those profits to buy those things you always wanted. And I get it. And, you know, I did the same thing. And it's fine if you've come from a background with not much money growing up, then it's it's cool to do that stuff. But you get that out of your system for sure. But then after that, you've got to start focusing on being successful and being rich, not just looking rich. So in this phase, you need to focus on increasing the profits of your company. That's the profits after you pay yourself. Because for many businesses, scaling from in the next phase, 1 million to 5 million, phase four is gonna be the absolute hardest. And you need cash reserves in the bank to make it easier. A business can only scale as high as its systems and profit reserves are deep, okay? If you scale without plenty of blanket or like um, buffer money in the bank, like a buffer zone, you're you're gonna end up um, potentially destroying the whole company. So at this point, you're probably at two to five locations, maybe a bit more if they're, if they're smaller studios, but you're doing around about 50 to 80K a month. And at this point, the biggest threat to you, like I said, is lack of profit or undercapitalization. You don't have enough working capital and you don't, which means, you know, because you've, you've done this as a startup, you haven't had any cash injections from investors or maybe you haven't put as much of your personal money into it or there's not enough profit. So you need capitalization to scale, remember? Like I said, so you don't want to scale open 10 gyms if there's no cash in the bank after you've opened those 10 gyms. Because if it all goes to crap or a lockdown happens, you're going to lose everything. We were at this stage in 2020, myself and my, my business partner, James, with a Transform Hub in 2020. At the start of 2020, we had two locations open and we had a third one about to open in the April And we didn't know that in the March, that's when everything would lock down for the first time in the pandemic. And so, you know, that put a break on there. But fortunately, in 2019, because we anticipated that some kind of recession was going to happen in 2020, we resisted the urge to scale our two locations, even though we could have. We had cash reserves building up. And we resisted the urge to scale like everyone was telling us to. And we just thought, no, we're just going to collect more cash. So we kept our two businesses running. We optimized them. We minimized expenses, maximized profits, kept growing them, focused on our, on our retention rate, focused on getting our team culture, operations system dialed in. So we had two absolutely good prototypes and we built 12 months of cash reserves, meaning that if for any reason we were not able to make money from our gyms, we had the money in reserve to keep the lights on and pay all our staff for 12 months before we actually started taking a loss. And now it's interesting to know that 90% of business owners, 
and by extension, 90% of gym owners have less than one month of operating cash in the bank, which means one, they, are, they have one month's worth of, ca- of, of expenses, meaning they can only afford to keep their business going for one month if no new revenue came in, if they lost all their members or a lockdown happened, for example. And that's what we unfortunately saw. The fallout in 2020, for most gym owners, the lockdown situation didn't cause their business problems. It highlighted them. We were fortunate we'd put money in the bank. We were financially savvy by that point. And that allowed us actually then to start acquiring gyms at a knockdown price. Before they went under, we'd catch them, flip them back into profit. And when the, when we, st- we went into lockdown with two locations, and when the first wave of lockdowns ended, we came out with five. And then we went to lockdown again, and we came out at the end of the year with 10 because we kept building more, getting cheaper assets, and so, you know, that wasn't a great time for anyone, but undercapitalization is what keeps you stuck at prescale. And also last year, another thing that we've done now in the Transform Hub, is you might have seen on the media, is we've actually taken investment. So we've actually found equity investment partners. We had a few offers. We've had a cash injection of over uh, $1.2 million into the company, and we've given up a bit of equity for that. But... It's a minority of equity, and we realized, again, because of these principles I'm I'm teaching you right now, if we want to scale to 100 locations by 2025, which is our target, we we really need capitalization. The the lockdowns cut into our cash reserves. We had massive growth last year, so we invested a lot of our money in acquiring gyms, and we're going to make all those profitable. We're going to make that money back, but that, of course, might take six or 12 months. So we didn't want to stay vulnerable we want to build up our cash reserves, and we thought, right, if we want to get to our goal faster, we're going to need some additional cash reserves or capital, so we actually sought investment. And and that's really one of the biggest things I believe that's going to help us. It's helping us push through phase four right now is because we have that additional capitalization. It's not, you don't have to get investors. You can get capitalization from your own personal money if you have it or from friends and family, or even from loans. You can you know, borrow money for this, but there's a lot of options. But you, you need more money than you think if you want to scale safely, just for the sake of your own employees too. So the biggest tips in phase three, it's a very, very important critical phase of pre-scale. Your biggest priorities, I would say, is don't rush to scale. When you get to this point, don't get dollar signs in your eyes just look, okay, it's all well-oiled. We've got a great product, a great team, great service, two, three, four gyms working fine, but how much profit reserves do we have? And if you don't have at least six months of cash reserves to keep the whole business group going, don't rush to scale. Instead, take your time. Spend one more year just optimizing profits to put as much money in the bank as you possibly can. Maybe sell some paid-in-full memberships. Look to be really lean-cut costs. Maybe consider taking a small loan maybe and put that debt to your advantage, but don't rush. For us, 2019 was a pivotal year because we we, we didn't rush to scale from two to five locations. We, we stayed still. And then the next year, just 12 months later, we went from two to 10, okay, in a healthy, in a healthy way. Also at phase three, like I said, make sure all your locations have at least three months cash reserve each. I'm more comfortable with six. And make sure that each of the locations you have, 
work fine with only four to five hours a week of your personal time. And you, nothing technical should rely on you. Marketing shouldn't rely on you. Sales should not rely on you. Coaching should not rely on you. You should have teams in place across your locations. Uh, and your four to five hours a week is mostly spent working with the team, leading them, mentoring them, training them, things like that. And finally, at this phase, one other thing you need to learn in phase three, if not sooner, is you have to work on yourself. The business, I always say, a business can only scale to the size, or it can only grow to the size of the consciousness of its owner. The business can only grow to the size of the consciousness of its owner. Now, what does consciousness mean? I'm not talking about anything crazy or spiritual or woo-woo. I'm just talking about basically your level of discipline, your level of personal growth, your level of emotional intelligence, an ability to communicate with people, your ability to be assertive, your ability to resolve crisis, your ability uh, and your emotional resilience, your ability to tolerate stress, to be able to handle bigger risks, handle bigger responsibility. If you're going to grow a company into the millions and put yourself in the 0.01% of gym owners in the world, you have to have a mental structure. Your mindset has to scale at the same time because if you if your business happens to just scale because of systems, finance, and a big investment comes in, and you get in over your head, and suddenly you've got 50 locations, or you've got, you've got to manage 10 million a year, and, and 60 employees, if that then crashes or something goes wrong, then you might not mentally, emotionally be able to handle that. And, you know, getting a bit serious and dark here, that is where for a lot of entrepreneurs... And business owners, where a lot of, if you get into deep trouble, this is where a lot of, you know, bad negative thoughts and, you know, you know where I'm going with this, right? A lot of self-harm, self-deletion, these kind of things can happen when someone has a business and takes on more responsibility that outweighs their ability to handle risk. And so you need a good level of emotional resilience. You've got to become ultra-disciplined. You have to become a better, the best version of yourself because all your employees are going to be relying on that every day. You have to take on more pressure than the average person. And like I say, if you want a seven-figure income, you have to drop your five-figure habits. So really take that serious at this stage. Now, if you do that, you do all these things, you take on the growth. It's, it's all a bit crazy in your head, but you, you plow on with it anyway. You can deal with lockdowns. You can deal with pandemics. You can deal with hiring and firing people. You can deal with employ past employees trying to put a lawsuit against you, uh, you know, wrongfully. If you can manage all these things, then you're going to move into phase four, which is the scale phase. This is when you start scaling from one million a year to five million. And like I said earlier, this is generally the hardest phase for most people. Most owners will never get past this point. So, if you do get past this point, you're generally going to become one of the biggest companies or franchises in the world. Here, you're going to spend a lot more money on operating costs, infrastructure, and new technology that can literally support dozens and dozens of gyms, potentially. And you're going to start working more on the business, more like a brand ambassador. You're not going to be in your locations as much. You might have anywhere from four to 10 plus locations at this point, or 20 like us. And your time is now going to start shifting to being someone who promotes the vision of the business, right? You're going to start looking at employee branding. You're going to have to start looking at 
nationwide or regional-wide or, or, or statewide marketing. So let's say you're in a place like California and you've built 20 locations in California. You know, you're going to start being seen in different places. And, and this is where we are right now, where people, our friends and family say to us, I was driving on the motorway towards London and I saw one of your hubs. I didn't know you had a hub down in that city. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we opened that a few months ago. Or somebody says, I was speaking to a friend and they joined a gym and I asked which gym it was and they said it was a transform hub. And I said, wow, I'm friends with the owner. So these kind of things will start happening now. You start getting seen and used on 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 a more regional or national level. So you have to start slowly turning your attention towards national marketing or statewide marketing or regional marketing. For example, people can start finding a gym near them. Starbucks has to do this, so they can help you find a Starbucks near to you. And this is where you start getting more PR, media publicity. And you wanna do all this because you need. You also need nationwide branding, more because it's going to attract the team members that you want, the talent that you want, and potentially even investors that you want. So at this point, the biggest threat is going to be having a lack of scalable technology and scalable culture. That means is you're able to deliver a workout systematically. You have the systems for a workout and deliver the service, but you also need team members and not just team members, but now you'll need managers because with, with over 10 locations, you're going to have regional managers looking after locations. You can't look after all of them. So you need managers in place that also transfer the culture and the core values on the customer service side and ensure the trainers are all doing that as well. And that's where the gap becomes sometimes. You've got to make sure that you keep that high quality level of service, not only in results that you're known for, but also the customer service and the experience. Because you can only scale a business to the same level that you can deliver the same high quality service you were known for in the beginning. Doesn't matter how much money you have, doesn't matter how systemized it is, a business can only effectively scale to the same level where it can it can give the same level of service it was known for in the beginning. And we all know brands and franchises who've gone over that point and saturated themselves. And you know it's not the product or the service or the cup of coffee that it used to be, right? No names will be mentioned. But we all know brands and franchises like that. So scalable culture is something you've got to you've got to work on with your top level staff. You've got to make sure that they're trained and cultured in what you do, your core values, your vision, your bigger reason why. This is what's going to distinguish you from every other boot camp or gym offering the same kind of workouts. And then you've got scalable technology. This becomes a bit of a challenge at this point because most of the service providers that you use, whether it's CRMs like Go Go Team Up or MindBody Zendesk, their average gym client is not someone like you. The typical gyms or uh, solopreneurs they work with are doing much less revenue and, and have a need much less basic features. So one of the struggles we had this year is that with our CRM providers, we needed more analytical data to track more uh, client behaviors and attendance than what they could provide us. So in the end, we started working with those suppliers because we we became like an enterprise client. So one of these CRMs, we're one of their third biggest customers in the UK. So they enabled us to work on a, a custom tech solution that we could use additional integrations and they would provide us different stats, which wasn't available to like the regular gym users um, who use that software. So you might find that again, that the tech you're relying on that's, for, that's built for most gyms 
is not designed for gyms that scale past four to five million dollars or pounds a year. So you may have some tech issues there and you may need to find some custom solutions or even start developing your own in-house tech team at that point so you can support all the stats and all the smooth processes that you want. So at this point in phase four to scale from one to five million, you wanna start researching in the best tech solutions that are gonna be able to handle your amount of scale and have good conversations with these, when you book demos or you book whatever it might be with that platform, whether it's a CRM or an automation system or a booking system or a legal firm or a tax accounting firm, you've gotta ask, hey, what experience do you guys have with businesses of our size and our projected size? You've got to make sure you're going to outgrow a lot of your suppliers. So for example, if maybe you're working with like one accountant who's used to working with solopreneurs and now you have the accounts of 20 businesses, that one accountant can't manage that. So you might need to move up to an accounting firm. Again, more costs, but big, bigger expertise, right? These are things you, you don't think of, but you'll have to move and, and fix as you scale in order to keep scaling. Otherwise, any one of these things could be the bottleneck. The second thing you wanna focus on in this phase is reinforcing the culture across the gyms, like I mentioned. Make sure you've got low employee turnover. That's an indication that your culture is good. Quarterly surveys on your members to make sure that you're meeting the, the, the core values. Tracking all the client results to know that your product or service is proven to work at scale uh, and making sure your high, your, your churn rate is low. And then, like I mentioned, you've also got to move into becoming the brand ambassador at a regional, national, or statewide level. You're going to be getting yourself out there and promoting the brand because you might want to attract investors, you want to attract media coverage in order to either get more franchisees or you just want to attract top talent to your business. You want to attract the best managers because you've got money to pay good managers now. You don't want to get, you know, just just John Smith. You want to get someone who's got mani- who's got experience running, um, maybe running a national gym chain or a fitness director for a large Fortune 500 gym company. And if you want to bring those people, entice them into your company away from the big, big gym chains they've got experience with, then you've got to pay good salaries and your brand needs to be credible. They need to know that your business isn't going to go under in two years and they can build a career with you. So you have to start selling the business concept as a viable solution for the top talented people to want to work for. That goes for trainers, sales staff, managers. You want to build your brand so that all the top talent in your area really want to get a job for you. And if you can do that and you can start switching it so employees in your company rave about you and refer you to all their friends and networks and other people are banging down the door to get a job with you. That's how you get leverage. That's how you have a continuous pipeline of good staff. And that's how you're able effectively to keep the culture and the systems going. So that's the four phases, guys. Let me know what you thought about that. I hope this helps. I know it's very advanced kind of teaching, but again, I give this because it's something I wish I had back in the day. And now that we've been through all these four phases, well, we're in the middle of phase four, uh, we aim to hit, we aim to surpass phase four and reach five million in the next uh, in the next eighteen to twenty four months, by twenty twenty five at least. Then I'm able to pass this back on to you, give you more perspective and awareness, and hopefully this helps you, as it's helped me.
So that's it, guys. If you got any value out of this, please consider subscribing to the Fitness Business Blueprint podcast. Check us out on iTunes, leave a review, share this with your friends, and I'll see you in the next one.